guys, welcome back to Couple Goals with us and Hello, all our quarantine listeners. I assume you're quarantined. If not, that means you're essential or you're in the South. <laughs> you might be in Alabama or some other state. Or Arkansas or any other states that don't. Where they're ready to fuck. fight the virus with all their, their shotguns. They're like, we're going to shoot the virus away. Right, come and get it, virus. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So what are we at anyway? Like day 14 of this? I don't even know how long it's been now. About two weeks ish. Well, I last went out on March 8th. If you don't count that drive through to the pharmacy. <laughs> um, But I'm an early adopter of quarantine because I just don't like to go out. And I get to work from home for the first time. So I, I have to say I this has not been awful for me. Other than the general awfulness of a of everyone dying. untreatable killer virus on the loose. That awfulness, people overreacting <laughs> and, and panicking. <laughs> We're at loose. war with an invisible enemy, according to Donald Trump. So on the loose makes it sound like he's knocking at the door. Like, we had like some, yeah, he did knock at the door today, actually. Yeah. Is that a setup? Is that a setup for me to bitch about this fucking moron? You like to talk about Ooh. this guy. Yeah, man. I'm chilling on the couch Sunday <laughs> yeah, morning. Man. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Sit on the couch this morning. Only one awake, as per usual, because I'm the only one who never gets to sleep in in this motherfucking house. That's, that's fine. Not, You're on quarantine. You don't go anywhere. It's that's fine. not a new development. It's fine. It's not fine. It's I would fine. like to sleep in sometime. It's fine. And uh, sitting here playing a video game quietly. And the loudest knock I have ever heard. I'm not exaggerating. I'm not being like Trump. It was tremendous. No, it was literally billions the loudest knock I've ever heard. Probably billions and billions and billions and billions. Trump really likes to say billions. I just found that out in a mashup video where they it's a supercut of Trump saying billions and billions repeatedly. And it were all different instances. Mm-hmm. Just loves to say that he only understands big numbers. Um. Anyway, so the super loud fucking knock like. But like what? Oh, five times louder than that. And it was startling. And I was like, what the fuck? And I'm, I have just a general sense of unease and, and mild anxiety while all this is going on. I'm sure some of you share this, maybe higher levels of anxiety or lower. But anyway, you know, just a general sense that I normally don't have. And that was not helpful. Yeah. Having this like super police knock at my door. And the dogs are, of course, losing their shit. We don't answer the door. Pretty much no matter what, unless we're expecting pizza and we'll put the dogs away before they get here because it's an ordeal. And uh, so I went and looked out the window and there's just some dude, some dude in a baseball hat and jeans. And about halfway down the hall, I was like, I'm about to fucking rip this dude a new fucking asshole. Like, what are you doing showing up in my house during quarantine time? I don't know you. You don't knock on my door that fucking loud. This is like 11 o'clock, probably. You no, were... it was before that, because I got out of bed before 11. And oh. it was because you were yelling about this guy. And you didn't hear it somehow. Logan heard it in his sleep. It woke him up. I don't uh, wake up for anything. And it was just some because we had this crazy hail storm yesterday with hail the size of like household ice cubes. Like it was really about big. almost that big, maybe slightly less than that, but huge. The biggest hail I've ever seen. Real brief, thankfully. So this guy was a roof, worked for a roofing company and was going around canvassing. Why do you need to knock on someone's door? Just put your fucking door hanger on the thing and, and move on. This is not the time, like six foot rule, motherfucker. What the fuck? What are you doing? 
and then a knock like that. Like I, I was like, what the? F-? I I thought I did, I thought it was like an emergency situation. Yeah. I didn't know what was happening at first. It was it was incredibly startling, and I I I should leave a message on their Facebook page the because they did he he left a door hanger. That's how we know who it was, and it was just what a dick thing to do during this this time frame. Silver leaf roofing. Fucking assholes! Like, what is that funny to knock on people's doors that loud to, to ask them if, if you want to buy some roofing? If you have any damage, it it was storm damage repair. Yeah, it's like yeah, that was a it was a terrible storm. I don't need you to go up on my roof, pal. Like now is not the time. Right. This now is, is Brunswick, man. This is this is basically the South. So it sounded like somebody was knocking and then they were going to fucking kick in the door and start looting our fucking house, basically. If nobody answered, they wanted to give that loud knock, give us a chance to get armed <laughs> if there was someone home and acknowledge them. And then if not, they were just going to proceed to loot our house. Total dick fucking move, though. So, yeah, they just lost our business. If we did need roofing, we will purposely avoid them now. So great job. Yeah, not good. Not mm. good. Not a good sales tactic. Not not what you want to do. Go banging on doors as loud as you fucking can. Fucking asshole. Not good. Yeah, I was I was like I sat down the hall. I was like, I'm about to fucking rip this dude a new asshole. And I got to the living room and I was like, oh, I got to deal with the dogs. <laughs> I was just like, I'm just going to ignore it. Just let it go, man. Just let it go. And then I'd be exposing myself to somebody. Yeah. You know, then you're breaking quarantine. And it's like, oh, but who the fuck does that? Who's going door to door right now? Yeah. Yeah, door-to-door sales. What are you this doing? This is not the time. What are you doing? Man, I've seen the memes. Oh, the Jehovah's Witnesses are happy because they know everyone's home. That's a joke, right? That's that's not right. for real. Nobody's going out. You shouldn't be out going door-to-door. I haven't had a single religious solicitor. Yeah. You know? Just this dude is... trying to capitalize on shitty weather. Yeah. He's like, it's our time to shine. No. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. Uh-uh. But it was bad. That hailstorm was something else. And again, not not to be hyperbolic like Trump, but that was the worst hailstorm I've ever seen. Yeah, <laughs> it, was it was billions I and billions, <laughs> billions and billions and billions. It was insane. It was like the it was the biggest hail I've ever seen. Yeah. And easily. I I was sleeping again. By, by quite a huge margin. Yeah. <laughs> like it literally just like you took a picture. It looked like ice cubes. Somebody threw out a tray a bag like, of ice cubes on our lawn. But jagged, horrible. But like, yeah, misshapen. Ones. They're not shaped like an actual ice cube. But. Jagged, terrible ice cubes. Right. It was it's scary. And that's what woke me up. I've been I had a sleepy weekend. I've been <laughs> sleeping the weirdest hours because normally you, you worked a lot. <laughs> I've been working like 10 to 12 hour days. Minimum. And yeah. Like I wake up, I sit down at my desk and then when I get up from my desk, it's time to go to bed. It's like 10 or 11 at yeah. night. So and then when I get in bed, Sean falls asleep and then I'm just laying there as just a ball of anxiety reading news articles until three <laughs> o'clock in the morning. Uh, so, so we've been avoiding like actual news. We, we don't watch news, you know, and we've been over this, but we don't watch TV. But obviously we still access news articles on our, and that's my preferred way to get news. I hate news personalities and yeah. their deliveries. Yeah. So, so I'm not missing anything there. But yeah, I read this stuff and like, well, today you, you decided you were going to go take, we were hanging out on the couch, having a good old time watching Star Wars Rebels. And then you're like, I'm going like, to go take a nap. Yeah, I was like, I was like, I'm sleepy. I'm going to go lay down. And both of us, like as soon as you left the room, we just went to our phone and went to the news app and just started reading 
and sending each other these fucking stupid articles and quotes. And then we were all fucking wound up. I was like, Maggie, you need to come back out here because I'm all anxious now. And and she's like, yeah, I can't nap. My heart was racing. I was like, I'm all wound up now because the second I left, I started reading news and I just went up to 11 instead of being all relaxed and sleepy. Then you came out here and And, you you went to sleep. Yeah, I came out here. I was watching Rebels. I calmed down and I fell right to sleep and it was like, okay, yeah, it's weird. Find you, find you a quarantine partner that you want to be around. (laughs) It's essential. You got to quarantine with someone who calms you down. Right. So otherwise, she left the room and we both like started winding each other up. Not, it was just weird. It was like immediately my, my mind started wandering. I was like, what's going on? What's the latest? Yeah. There ever really is any latest. Well, that's how whenever I like I'm alone, like when you're asleep and I'm in bed. Yeah. I end up reading news and then spiraling. Yeah. That's what happens immediately. I'm like, oh, look at this bullshit. Oh, look at this bullshit. Oh, look at this bullshit. Trump did. uh, He changed his deadline for coronavirus from Easter to April 30th. Now he decided coronavirus would be done by Easter at one point. Now he's decided it'll be done by April 30th. But this is exciting, though, because now we don't have to celebrate Easter. Yeah. So I guess that's exciting. Is that exciting? I don't really like celebrating Easter. I don't care about Easter at all. I have a Target delivery coming tomorrow and I bought myself some Reese's. I bought you Reese's cups. Oh, good. But I bought me some Reese's eggs, like the little itty bitty ones. Oh, that I like. Yeah, I don't like. There's yeah, only you don't like those. Certain so Reese's cups. Reese's cups are my favorite candy bar. And yes, I classify it candy as a candy bar. bar. Candy bar. Uh, but I don't like like their their holiday eggs, their Christmas eggs, their Easter eggs, or Christmas trees, whatever they do. Yeah, they don't do Christmas eggs. Whatever. I don't. I don't fucking know. Um, that's not. But they, a thing. the ratio of chocolate to peanut butter is off. It's too much peanut butter, and I don't like them. Yeah, that's not a thing. There's no yeah. such a thing as too much peanut butter. There absolutely is. You're, nope. Yeah. That's not a not thing. A that huge happens. Huge fan of the peanut butter like you are. So yeah, I bought. Hopefully they have it in stores, but Target Target says they do. So it's coming tomorrow between 10 and 11. Hmm. So we'll see. Pretty excited for my Easter candy. Well, Maggie really wanted to do a new episode this week. I could have taken it or, or left it myself. Yeah, Sean didn't want to do an episode. I didn't think you did because you had been working your ass off and then today, you you know, you, you took a nap and you were kind of having a lazy day. So I didn't want to be like, hey, let's go do a podcast. Yeah, I I have created a couple ebooks this week. I've been doing a lot of website client work because I am not slowing down, apparently, during this. No, not you've yet. taken your you've channeled your anxiety into working which is good yeah yeah because if you're looking to start a business and you're stuck at home now's the time yeah so i want to i am creating resources for people who can't afford the full services right now because you don't want to spend all your money not knowing if you're gonna have that right and i totally understand that even though it would be a good investment i understand it i wouldn't expect someone to invest in that up front so i'm creating all the like the small front end products for people and it takes a lot of time yeah so oh hey uh some people are like really bored during this quarantine apparently most people 
I can't imagine. Are I'm terribly bored. So fucking busy. I'm not busy. I'm just I'm in my element. I don't like leaving. I gave Logan twenty dollars to go pick up pizza the other day because I didn't want to leave the house. Like I, I I'm not one of those people who needs to leave the house. I just don't. There's just so, always stuff to do. So if I'm not working, uh, we watch Tiger King. <laughs> we did. We'll, we'll get into. That. I don't want to get into that yet, but we should talk about that. But yeah, we watched um, that. But yeah, we we've watched some stuff. Uh, I've been catching up on comics. I've been playing video games. I'll catch it up on Star Wars. There's there's always stuff to do. I don't understand. Uh, Bill Squire, of all people, whom I don't really find all that funny, uh, had a actually a, a real, what I thought was a really funny joke that he posted on the Alan Cox show page, which was, man, I wish I was out somewhere uh, so I could complain about how I just wanted to go home. Right. <laughs> how like, I just wish I was at home or something like that. And it was like, because that's how it is. Like most of the time you go out and you just like... All right, I'm ready to go home now. Well, you know what's getting me is like the new thing to bitch about is all these people who want to do like Zoom coffee dates and stuff. Yeah. Like, like there was one this weekend that I did not attend that was a cocktail date. And yeah. I was like, no, I won't be there. <laughs> and then another one that popped up for what's your availability for coffee dates and had like six availabilities and I didn't select any of them. I just didn't respond. And I'm like, I, I'm not trying. I will hang out one on one with people. Yeah. But I'm not trying to attend like massive social gatherings in Zoom rooms. Yeah. I'd rather be fucking dead. <laughs> That's a bit extreme. Like I will go out and start licking fucking grocery store shelves. Oh, no, no, that's a terrorist act. Don't do that. I before that's bad. you go right. Yeah, you can't even say that. It's like threatening <laughs> the president now. You can't do that. Is, yeah. I meant for my contamination. <laughs> oh, okay. because I that so... does work. A lot of people have done that. <laughs> They've been taking the coronavirus challenge or whatever yeah, and but... licking things. And now they have coronavirus. Oddly, I would rather get sick than and the... die Joe Diffie style. <laughs> Joe Diffie. <laughs> than get. <laughs> Then attend a mass coffee date networking session in a Zoom room. Yeah. Like, I, ugh. But I was just going to, I just had some suggestions because I'm really good at staying home. I'm like super good at it. That's like one of my favorite things to do. I mean, you remember, all the, those are my goal. It was like life goals. Yeah, and it's coming true. So good job. You manifested um, this shit. <laughs> it's my fault. Yeah, I didn't want it to be because of a virus. I didn't want to, like, have a mandate to stay home. I don't, well, I don't like that. You don't get to decide how the universe makes your dreams come true. <laughs> but anyway, I was just I had some suggestions. Uh, one, video games. Video games help me with my my mild anxiety. They're a distraction more so than a movie or Netflix because you have to focus a lot more on a game than you do a movie or Netflix, basically. So my suggestion uh, video games, and I don't, I don't mean like fucking, I don't know what, like what a Farmville shit like that. Like get like an actual video game, not not just something That's a on cool your phone. Reference to two thousand four. I don't know what the, I don't know what the casual games are because I don't really pay attention. What are the cool casual games right now? I don't know. I've been I play Clue. Okay. Which you have to pay some <laughs> attention to. Yeah. Because it gets your brain going and whatnot. Going okay. I also play Monopoly. I bought a bundle. Right. So I also have Monopoly on my phone. But anyway, there's there's tons of video games out there uh, and I, a lot of people have been very opposed to them. And I think now is a good time to maybe investigate and, and <laughs> change your views on video games. If you're one of those people or if you're one of those people who has an Xbox or PlayStation just collected dust, maybe fire it up. 
Uh, the other thing, uh, I, I'm always trying to get people to read comic books. Marvel Unlimited is a fantastic way to get into comic books. It is $10 a month. You can sign up and cancel immediately and just have 30 days spent. I know people are trying to save money right now. Nobody's like trying to go buy anything extravagant. This is 10 bucks. You get access to tens of thousands of Marvel comics. They have tons. If you like Star Wars, they have pretty much every Star Wars comic book on there. And that, and then obviously Marvel stuff as well. They have all the Spider-Mans and the Hulkses and yeah, they have all Captain America's and the Daredevils. I don't think Hulk's is is. And they just, all the all the Marvel stuff. Black Widow. Zizz. You like Miles Morales. You like the newer stuff. You want to get in the old stuff like Machine Man and so there's everything. It's all on there. So you, you can check. It's it's really cool. It's 10 bucks. Uh, and maybe, maybe you'll discover that you like comics. And they also have kind of some curated lists, too. If you, you know, if you don't know where to start and you just say, oh, I, I saw that movie Civil War. Maybe I'll read what inspired civil war they have the first civil war or for free in a list you can download the buzzfeed app and take quizzes and find out what color you are or what kind of i'm a pomeranian i found out i took what color you are that's racist are they gonna tell you you can't just go around asking buzzfeed what color you are karen (laughs) (laughs) god karen you can't just ask people why they're white but i found out i'm a pomeranian that's great I, I guess that's a good distraction, too. You could also find out what kind of tea I was you trying are. to get people into, like, hobbies. You know, maybe something that they could carry over after this is nonsense is over. Maybe they'll be like, oh, I found out I love fucking Halo and Captain America comic books now. Or maybe it'll just be a diversion for the time being. I don't know. BuzzFeed could be a hobby. BuzzFeed is... Ugh. Oh, no. <laughs> anyway, I... You will be judged, and app. rightly so. I found out that I can recognize all of the Disney characters' mouths. Mm. I got like 10 out of 10 or 12 out of 12 or whatever it was out of. I got them all right. So. Am I supposed to be impressed or I don't know what to do with that information exactly. I'm not either. All right. So do you want to talk about Tiger King? You want to save that for Patreon? Like what do you want to do? We can talk about Tiger King. I don't know what could be said about that show. Watch Tiger King. Um, it's on Netflix. Yeah, I went into I mean, it just thinking it was about people really that like raising tigers and lions in America. It is way more than that. It is fucking insane. It is batshit. Yeah, it, it's hard to talk about without yeah. without spoiling it. So we can't really talk about it. Yeah, watch but... watch Tiger King. Let us know you you've watched it on our page. We can talk about it there. Maggie has all the great memes associated with Tiger King. We can post those for people. Because yeah, I've been I've been hoarding some memes. I'm a meme hoarder. Yeah, but like it's it's uh something else. All right, let's get into the show because I'm really thirsty and I don't have anything to drink. So why don't you? I thought you got up and said I, I got a something. drink. I drank something, but I didn't bring a drink, and I'm still thirsty. Do you want water? Or I have some water. I really hate water. I'm not that thirsty. Well, then you're not that thirsty. I'm not that thirsty. Then. You're holding it at a weird angle. It's not gonna drink, right? You're not gonna. You're gonna run out of water. He doesn't know how to drink out of my water bottle. All right. So there you go. I just bought us some time, listener. You wanna go first? No, you always go first. Oh. So we are. <laughs> That's ta- our format. I decided today. That I just made up. So I'm talking about some research that I did like a month ago. 
So it'll be a surprise to all of us. Yeah. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Timely reference. <laughs> little Gomer pile for you there. <laughs> Millennials are like, who? <laughs> you don't like my Gomer pile reference? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> well, the good news is we're talking about an even more timely story. It's from the 1920s. <laughs> All right. So Violet Morris was allowed. Oops. A loudspoken, openly gay race car driving. I thought you were going to say race card playing. <laughs> <laughs> race card. Don't, no, no, don't accept it. Chain smoking athletic phenomenon. She was a World War One ambulance driving and a courier to. Ambulance driver. Driver. <laughs> driver. <laughs> Very sleepy today. And courier to a record holder and courier to a record holder. That's what you said. That's what it says. Okay. Your notes aren't so great. (laughs) I did them a while ago. Anyway, courier to a record holder. (laughs) Anyway, she was a record holder in discus and shot put. I was thinking she was a record holder in courierism, couriering, (laughs) whatever that is. I feel like she was an ambulance driver and a courier. And then she eventually became a i don't know so anyway i'll tell you her story so she she's fucking huge right she was a, described as a colossus her biceps had a circumference of 14 inches so it was the size of an average woman's neck okay but she was only five foot five okay so she's like just ripped she's just fucking or fat ripped okay so she was solid and described as solid and very, very strong. But race car driving was her greatest passion. So her 1927 victory in the 1,000-mile, 24-hour Baldor race garnered her international renown. And she even went, underwent a double mastectomy to make it easier to fit in her small car. Damn. Yeah. She was like, titty gotta go. <laughs> so in 1928, France banned her from competing due to violating the moral standards. Because she had no titties or because she's gay? Because she's gay. Oh. So her her auto license at the time was also revoked because she wore pants and was a lesbian. Jesus fucking Christ. So she protested saying... So all, all you Instagrammers with your inspirational quotes are not warriors, by the way. <laughs> just, right. <laughs> just... <laughs> right. Like, your Insta quotes... Well, of course, right now you can't leave the house or do anything, so it's not like you can really take up arms, but I'm just saying, like, Those in 1928... Like, you're so brave for posting that. No, you're not. <laughs> like... This is a brave person right here. Um. Oh, calm down. Oh, okay. Calm down. Uh, is there a twist? There's a twist. Oh, okay. Interesting. So, All right. I, I will. Uh... So she, but she protested and she said, look around and see what you see. See the women with their knees crossed and then ask yourself, what's more immodest, the, their dresses or my pants? So in 1930, she sued claiming damages and she could no longer earn money as an athlete. We're going to find out she was like a terrible racist or something. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> that look tells me. <laughs> okay. So, I may have jumped the gun here, folks. Carry so, on. During the trial, she stated, we live in a country rotten by money and scandals governed by phrases. I don't know what phrases 
this might have gotten lost in translation to to French. Um, Scoundrels and troublemakers. This country of small people is not worthy of its elders, not worthy to survive. One day its decadence will lead to the rank of a slave. And I, I, if I am still here, will not be one of these slaves. Believe me, that is not my temperament. Did she become a Nazi? <laughs> like... In 1936, Hitler himself invited <laughs> Boris to Berlin to watch the Olympics, ga- the Olympic Games. As hmm. it turned out, this was because the Nazis wanted Morris to become a spy. Hmm. Due to the public struggle with her home con- country, the Germans believed she would be an easy switch, an yeah. easy flip. And uh, she had plenty going for her. She operated a car parts business, so she had access to vehicles and fuel. Plus, she knew people all throughout France from her sports career. And her days driving ambulances to the front lines taught her quite a bit. So she could report what French the French were doing. She understood the tank formation. She knew what the Germans would need to know. So Morris returned to France after the games and continued to correspond with the Nazis. Ooh, they shouldn't have done her wrong, though. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like this is this is like a villain uh, origin story, though. You know, she's just doing her thing, living her life. They cut her down in her prime. And she's like, I will have my revenge. I don't know why she has a German accent. Yeah, she's French. (laughs) (laughs) I will have my revenge. (laughs) Baguette. (laughs) Baguette. Uh, Yeah. So after after the Nazi invasion, Morris remained close to the Germans, though there's some debate over her exact role. One French biography paints a pretty grisly picture. This is a quote. There's very definitely an accusation that she became a Nazi torturer. And Seba said, that's the biographer. She had the nickname the Hyena of the Gestapo because apparently she derived so much sadistic pleasure from torturing people and exact extracting information. But Seba says she hasn't found any proof that Mor- Morris actually tortured. But m- she says that Morris worked with the French Gestapo and had access to pla- black market goods and tra- transported Nazi and Vikey... Vikey? Mm. Uh, the French, the French, French Nazis mm. um, officials. The fact that Morris was a collaborator wasn't much of a secret, and that became a problem for Morris as the war began to turn against the Nazis. Mm. Orders came down from London to take out any would-be Gestapo agents before the D-Day invasion, and Morris's name was on that list. So on April 26th, 1944, the 51-year-old Morris was driving a country road through Normandy with two young children. All of a sudden, the engine mysteriously came to a stop, and resistance fighters emerged from some nearby bushes. Morris and everyone else in the vehicle suddenly died of gunfire. (laughs) Suddenly. Suddenly. No one came to claim Morris's body. After several months, she was buried in an unmarked communal grave reserved for the homeless. It was a sad ending for a feminist icon who had over 200 athletic titles to her name. And it's too bad that the Nazi ties to whatever degree that they existed really kind of fucked over her legacy. But Anne uh, Seba believes that those torture claims were invented to by the French yeah. to clear them of, of killing those two children uh, at the end. 
because she's not able to find any ties and any any kind of substantiation. Gotcha. And plus people would just do that about people's reputations anyway. But yeah, that's exactly that's exactly what it is. It's an origin story for, for a villain. For fucking yeah, for a villain. Because she was she had over 200 athletic titles. She, she became an IF, uh, race car driver. The story ended there. Uh, I was still right. Like up until that point, that's like in the, it says feminist icon. Like that's somebody really yeah. doing something. She was. She was. She was a feminist icon. And then like in a time like, when it was really hard to do something. Right. And then they were like, oh, you're doing something. So fuck you. We have to shut you down. Yeah. And she was like, you know who won't shut me down? The Nazis. <laughs> the so, fucking Nazis. So she went and became a Nazi. Crazy. Yeah. Isn't that insane? That is. What was her name again? Violet Morris. Violet Morris. Yeah. What was her nickname? Something of the Gestapo. Oh, the hyena of the Gestapo. Like, wouldn't like Violet Violet be a better nickname? When you go with that? Violet the Violet. No, just you know, Violet Violet. Like that's that's a good, that's a good comic know. book yeah. nickname. I don't think they were really writing for the comics back then. <laughs> they were. They just didn't know it. All right. So today, my topic is actually my topic is based on the fact that a new iteration, a new sequel. To the video game Doom. You drank all my water. Came out recently. Yeah, I was thirsty. Did I not? Was that not clear? Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm also thirsty. Very, I was very thirsty and there was not much water in there. Oh. Um, So yeah, uh, a sequel to Doom came out recently called Doom Eternal. Came out about two weeks ago or a week, about a week ago, actually. And it's fantastic. It's probably the first video game to really grab my attention in a very long time. It's also a very intense game. So... Due to my heightened sense of anxiety, I can only play it in short bouts because it is incredibly fast paced and very tense, uh, but super fun. This game takes enemies and turns them into an economy. So the game is not at all realistic. You are you are the doom guy, the doom slayer. Hey, speaking of economy, I remember when our president was like, some of you might die. <laughs> he, did, he, did the, he did the Lord Farquaad from Shrek thing. Yeah. That's that's a sacrifice I'm willing to make. Yeah. Um, anyway. So, yeah, he so in this game, you, you play this dude. He's, he's loaded up with all these crazy weapons, plasma rifle, double barrel shotgun, chainsaw, rocket launcher, just fucking crazy weapons. Right. And you can carry them all at once because it's not at all realistic because it's based on the original Doom came out in like 93. Um, 93, 94. Uh, anyway, so what they did in this game is so brilliant. It's just super fast paced. It's brilliant, Harry. It's brilliant. So you don't need your guns never need to be reloaded. You know, that's again, not realistic. That's if handy. You pick up. So you pick up ammo just by walking over it. Oh. And so basically what happens is you're cycling through all your weapons. There's tons of demons on screen because uh, you're always fighting demons from hell or whatever. And you're just in constant motion. Like if you stop, you die, basically. So you're constantly strafing left and right, jumping, oh, I don't air like dashing. Yeah, it's just constant I mayhem. Can. And so you, you get some downtime. Like after you clear an encounter, uh, you get some downtime to collect, you know, go look for secrets and stuff like that. And then it's on to the next encounter. Um, so while you're doing this, you, you know, you start using up the, the ammo and the, the health packs because you don't have regenerating health either. Uh so you're 
as you use that stuff up, as you're in these little arenas fighting these demons and you start running out of ammo, it's like, oh, I need ammo. So what do you do? If you kill something with your chainsaw, you get a bunch of ammo. Your your chainsaw will can have up to three charges at a time, but there, it always has like at least one charge. So if you find a small enemy and you hit it with the chainsaw, bam, you have ammo now. So it makes you switch around and then like, oh, now you need health. So now what you need to do is you need to get the demons into like a stagger state so you can do a, what is called a glory kill, which is like an up close melee kill where it's almost like a Mortal Kombat fatality. You run up and take one of their claws and bury it in their eye or rip their heart out or something that will give you health. So there's your health. And then the other thing, the other element you have is armor, which doesn't regenerate. So you have a little shoulder mounted flamethrower, kind of similar to like what the Predator had with the late, uh, the shoulder mounted yeah, cannon. Sounds like it. Yeah. Um, and so you have this little shoulder mounted flamethrower that again, it has to recharge, but if you set enemies on fire, they will start dropping armor. And if you kill them while they're on fire, they drop more armor. So this game just in your new game. Yeah. That's just doom eternal. It's fucking brilliant. Uh, and it's, it's a sequel to the, there was a, a game in 2016 just called doom, which was, you know, it's still a sequel, but it is also has shared the name of the original game. This is called doom eternal. It is a sequel to the 2016 one. It makes the the 2016 game was great. It makes it look like a goddamn alpha for this game. It's so fucking brilliant. Just again, with the, turning the enemies into an economy as you kill them and like, OK, I, I need I need armor now. I'm going to activate my flamethrower. OK, now I'm low on health. I got to make I got to get somebody into a stagger state so I can glory kill them. Fucking brilliant. But anyway, so I've been having a good time with that. Both our boys have Mason finished the game in about two days. My my kids, our kids love Doom. They fucking love Doom. Obviously, it has a little bit to do with me. But even though they are not from that generation, I introduced them to Doom. They have very vivid memories of when I introduced them to yeah, Doom. Yeah, they can tell you. Yeah. Who played Doom first. And, and like who got into it first. Right. Even though they played other they played like Halo and, and more modern games uh, first. When they released the, the original Doom games on the Xbox 360, I had them play. And they just fell in love with them, and which is great because those games still stand up as well. They hold up really well. So, yeah, both both the boys have finished the Doom Eternal game and they, they both have declared it the greatest game ever made. They just love it. And it, it's fantastic. It's a fun game. But anyway, I was going to go into kind of the history of Doom. Doom is, well, it, it didn't invent the first person shooter. For most people, it did. And what I mean by that is it's a lot of people's first first person shooter they ever played or right. that they remember playing. The precursor for it would have been Wolfenstein 3D. And then the, I think there was other first person stuff before that. But the first person shooter I ever played was not in my memory. <laughs> I don't know. Goldeneye. A lot of people was Goldeneye. I played Goldeneye. But again, that was, that was post Doom. Um, but yeah, Doom and then Goldeneye, I think, were, were two real big ones back then. All right. So uh, along with uh, its predecessor, Wolfenstein 3D, Doom helped define the FPS genre. FPS stands for first person shooter, if you didn't know. And Listener, he must be talking to you because if he's talking to me, I'm going to hit him. I, I'm, yeah, I'm talking to the audience. He Calm. clearly is talking to you, listener. Calm down. He's not talking to me. <laughs> Bring it down a notch. Although, what did you ask me the other day? And <laughs> I don't what did, what remember. Did you, you said something to me. Oh, I'm about to check in our Instagram <laughs> messages that I was about to murder you. Because <laughs> I asked if you knew what's up. Oh, if, if you recognize Maynard James Keenan's face. Oh, my God. I didn't know if you knew... You sent me a Joe Exotic meme, and it was Maynard. Maynard G made it. 
it was Maynard James Keenan as Joe, Joe Exotic. Exotic. Yeah. And then you're like, that's Maynard. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I didn't me? know if you recognized his Talking face. Talking to I, me like that? I didn't know why you, why would you recognize Maynard James Keenan? Because I have eyes and okay. I've seen him. I don't know how often you've seen him. Oh my God. Anyway. All right. So Doom helped define the FPS genre and inspire numerous similar, similar games known at the time as Doom clones. Kind of like recently with, uh, uh, what was what was that game called? Uh, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds created the the battle royale genre. It didn't really create it, but again, it was like the first one that got really popular. And then everything for a while, everybody's oh, it's a PUBG clone. It's a PUBG clone. But now that's just called the battle royale genre. So it's kind of the same thing with Doom back then. It was it's a Doom clone. No, it's just another first person shooter. All right, it's one of the most significant games in video game history and is frequently cited as one of the greatest games of all time. It pioneered online distribution and technologies, including 3D graphics, network multiplayer gaming, and support for customized modifications via packaged files or WADs. Its graphic violence and hellish imagery also made it a subject of controversy. All right, so in May 1992, id Software, that is, they were the developers of doom um but in may 1992 they they released wolfenstein 3d later called the grandfather of 3d shooters specifically first person shooters because it established the fast-paced action and technical prowess commonly expected in the genre and greatly increased the genre's popularity immediately following its release most of the id software team began work on a set of episodes for the game titled spear of destiny while id co-founder and lead programmer john carmack instead focused on technology research for the company's next next game I could talk about John Carmack alone. He is uh he's a genius, like an actual genius, not a declared stable genius like like Trump. He's like he's actually he now he's a rocket scientist. Billions and billions and billions. <laughs> he's an actual genius. Um and he he left it a few years back to work on like the Oculus Rift and stuff. But uh and, and again he's also uh, an actual rocket scientist. But he was more interested in the in the technological side and developing engines and other people worked on like the level and, and art design and stuff like that. Hogan's built levels. So yeah, he does in doom. He loves making levels for doom. So they wanted to create another 3d game using a new engine that Carmack was developing, but they were largely tired of Wolfenstein. They initially did consider making another game in the commander Keen series. I was it like an early id game, like a side scroll or something. Never actually played it. Don't know much about it. Um, but decided that the platforming gameplay of the series was a poor fit for Carmack's fast-paced 3D engines. Additionally, the other two co-founders of id, designer John Romero, the level uh, designer guy, and uh, lead artist Adrian Carmack, not related, I don't think, uh, wanted to create something in a darker style than the Commander Keen games. So Carmack came up with his own concept, a game about uh, using technology to fight demons inspired by the Dungeons and Dragons campaigns that they had played together, combining the styles of Evil Dead 2 and Aliens. It's funny, like this is all just like Wikipedia stuff, like usual. Yeah. But that's what how I've always described Doom to people. So and I don't know if I'd read that somewhere before, but for years. Or you put that in Wikipedia. Do <laughs> I don't think I've ever edited Wikipedia. Um but that's exactly what Doom is. It's it's Aliens and Evil Dead 2. That is it plus add heavy metal and then you have Evil Dead 2. Um, then you have Evil Dead 2. Then you have Doom. Oh, sorry. Um, um, the concept originally had a working title of Green and Pissed. <laughs> but Carmack soon... <laughs> right? I didn't, that was news to me. Uh, Carmack soon named the proposed game after a line in the film The Color of Money. 
And the quote is, what's in the case? In here, Doom. I, I don't know that movie. I, I remember that. I saw the movie one time. Paul Newman, Tom Cruise, but pool, pool Hustlers. Don't really remember it. Um, I'm guessing what was in the case was probably a pool cue <laughs> of all things. Anyway, early in development, rifts in the team began to appear. At the end of November, Hall delivered a design document, which he named the Doom Bible. It described the plot, backstory, and design goals for the project. His design was a science fiction horror concept wherein scientists on the moon open a portal that aliens emerge from. Over a series of levels, the players discover the aliens are demons, while hell steadily infects the level design over the course of the game. John Carmack not only disliked the idea, but dismissed the idea of having a story at all uh, with the following quote. This is a very famous quote for video game nerds. Uh, story in a game is like story in a porn movie. It's expected to be there, but it's not that important. So that's been a quote <laughs> that has been bandied about for years uh, for people defending their games that focus solely on game design versus over story and stuff like that. And then you have the other side. They're like, oh, well, I think story is important because blah, blah, blah. But I I used to kind of disagree with that because I, I would get try to get into video game stories. But as I look back at video games I played through, their stories are like maybe Star Trek TV show quality at best. I skip every cutscene in every video game I've ever played. See that that's probably smart. I didn't I would really try to follow it and get into it. And sometimes they're really good. Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic's one of my favorites. Like BioWare does pretty good stuff. But again, it's still like TV level writing and like 90s TV level writing even. Not even like modern Game of Thrones breaking bad level. Uh which yeah, would be I better. Skip, I skip everything. And a lot I'm of people like, do that. It's like, fuck you, I'm trying to play and, a game. Yeah, so, but I see the brilliance in that because nowadays I don't give a fuck about story because I, most video game stories fucking suck. Even the ones I like aren't great. They're they're okay at best. All right, uh, rather than a deep story, you wanted to focus on the technological innovations of the game, dropping the levels and episodes of Wolfenstein in favor of a fast, continuous world. Tom disliked the idea, but the rest of the team sided with Carmack. Hall spent the next few weeks reworking the Doom Bible to work with Carmack's technological ideas. Uh, he was forced to rework it again in December, however, after the team decided they were unable to create a single seamless world with the hardware limitations of the time, which contradicted much of the document. All right. Uh, the start of 1993, id put out a press release touting Hall's story about fighting off demons while knee-deep in the dead, which is the name of the first episode of Episode 1, Mission 1 of... Doom. It's called Knee Deep in the Dead. Knee Deep in the Dead, Sam. I have Sam on my lap. Um, I've got a Sam on my lap. All right. Soon, however, the Doom Bible was, as, as a whole, was rejected. Romero wanted a <laughs> game even more brutal and fast than Wolfenstein, which did not leave room for the character-driven plot Hall had created. Uh, additionally, the team believed it emphasized realism over entertaining gameplay, and they did not see the need for a design document at all. Some ideas were retained, but the story was dropped and most of the game design was removed. By early 93, levels were being created for the game and a demo was produced. Carmack and Romero, however, disliked Hall's military-based inspired level design. Man, I don't know why they collaborated with this guy. They don't like anything he does. Right. That's how he feels as a designer. Like, fuck. I feel bad for him. Right? Because I'm a designer, it, I feel bad for him. It doesn't sound like it was bad. It just didn't mesh with what they were trying to do. Right. Uh... Uh, Romero believed that the boxy flat level designs were uninspiring, too similar to Wolfenstein, and did not show off the engine's capabilities. He began to create his own more abstract levels for the game, which the rest of the team saw as a great improvement. Hall was upset with the reception to his designs and how little impact he was having as the lead designer. Right. 
He was I can all, imagine. <laughs> and it's funny. I was like, I never heard of this guy until I read this. I've only ever heard of Romero and Carmack. Those are like the brains behind Doom. Like yeah. this guy. This poor he's guy. Like, he's like, hello. He like shows up to work every day. He's like poured his heart into it. And they're yeah. like, yeah, no, we don't like anything you do. He's also upset with how much he was having to fight with Carmack in order to get what he saw as obvious gameplay improvements, such as flying enemies and began to spend less time at work. In July, the other founders of id fired Hall, who went to work for Apogee. Which I've never heard of. I've heard of Apogee. I don't can't think of any. Of the, they've put out games. I, I don't remember any of them. Um, he was replaced in September, 10 weeks before the team. The game was released by game designer Sandy Peterson. Uh, Peterson and Romero designed the rest of the Doom's levels with different aims. The team believed that Peterson's designs were more technically interesting and varied, while Romero's were more aesthetically interesting. In late 93, after the multiplayer component was coded, the development team began playing four-player multiplayer game death matches. Uh, death matches, uh, which Romero... Oh, I'm sorry. Game matches, which Romero termed death match. So this was the creation of the term death match, which was up until recently used for most, like... Uh, Online, you know, let's go play Team Deathmatch, Call of Duty, even Halo called it Slayer. That was their take on it. But a lot of a lot of people use the term Deathmatch. According to Romero, the game's Deathmatch mode was inspired by fighting games like Street Fighter 2. Not surprisingly. Um, I was going to go into the music here. I'm just going to touch on it real briefly and just talk about the fact that uh, I only found out probably about 10 years ago that most of the music from Doom that isn't, it's not all original, even though it's all MIDI, it's all very lo-fi, but a lot of the songs are actually takes on heavy metal songs. So there's there's Pantera songs, there's Megadeth songs, Metallica, Slayer, songs in there, and there's, uh, you, you can go on YouTube and look them up, it's it's pretty crazy to hear the comparison, and this was, video games were, were not a big deal back then, so nobody sued them for using their music, it was pre-YouTube, you know, was, the video games were like even more niche than they are now. And so no, they just got away with stealing music and doing like enough spin on it that it didn't barely sounded like it. Man, 90s were a different time. Yeah. All right. So. All right. Well, we're going to get into the release of the game, though. All right. So. Uh. By December of 1993, the team was working nonstop on the game with several employees sleeping at the office. Programmer Dave Taylor claimed that working on the game gave him such a rush that he would pass out from the intensity. It began receiving calls from people interested in the game or angry that it had missed its planned release date as hype for the game had been building online. At midnight on December 10th, 1993, after working for 30 straight hours, the development team at it uploaded the first episode of the game to the Internet, letting interested players distribute it for them. This was the introduction of, sh of like shareware. Yeah. And it was distributed for free, basically. Dude, I, well, first I used to play video games on shareware back then. Yeah. And this was like 28K modems, I'm guessing. Maybe 14.4 even. 14.4. Um, uh, that year, 14.4. In 93? Yeah. 14.4. Holy shit. 14.4K, by the K. way. <laughs> Not Meg. K. Hey. Um. So many users were connected to the first network that they planned to upload the game to, which was the University of Wisconsin Parkside FTP network, that even after the network administrator increased the number of connections while on the phone with uh, with Wilbur, I don't know who Wilbur is, I must have glossed over that, id was unable to connect, forcing them to kick all other users off to allow id to upload the game. When the upload finished 30 minutes later, 10,000 people attempted to download, download the game at once, crashing the university's network. 
Within hours of Doom's release, university networks were banning Doom multiplayer games as a rush of players overwhelmed their systems. After being alerted by network administrators the morning after release that the game's deathmatch network connection setup was crippling some computer networks, Carmack quickly released a patch to change it, though many administrators had to implement Doom-specific rules to keep their networks from crashing due to the overwhelming traffic. In late 1995, Doom was estimated to be installed on more computers worldwide than Microsoft's new operating system, Windows 95. Uh, Doom became a problem at at workplaces, both occupying the time of employees and clogging computer networks. Uh, Intel, Lotus Development, and Carnegie Mellon University were among many organizations reported to form policies specifically disallowing Doom playing during work hours. (laughs) And no Doom! (laughs) Put it down! Carnegie Mellon. (laughs) Uh, at the Microsoft campus, Doom was, uh, by one account, equal to, quote, a religious phenomenon. Doom was number one on Computer Gaming World's Playing Lately survey for February 1984. One reader said that, uh, quote, no other game even compares to the addictiveness of Net Doom with four devious players. The only game I've stayed up 72 plus hours straight to play. Holy Fucking shit. hell. So, again, this was the introduction of playing with other people. And it was terrible. Like, I mean, and by terrible, I mean slow connections, laggy, figuring out, you know, they, they hadn't figured out like servers and all that kind of stuff. It had to be awful. I, I wasn't on it. I've just read about it. Cause I, even in, by the time I started playing with other people, which was on uh, the original Xbox, it was bad then. So I can imagine <laughs> how bad it was 10 years prior. Yeah. Uh, well, another reported that linking four people together for a game of doom is the quickest way to destroy a productive, boring evening of work. Uh, with the release of Doom, id Software quickly found itself making $100,000 a day. Sandy Peterson later remarked that the game sold a couple of hundred thousand copies during its first year or so, as piracy kept its initial sales from rising higher. Experts estimate the game sold approximately 2 to 3 million physical copies from its release through 1999. And this was like floppy disks, too. Right. This is pre-CD-ROM. I, These was, were... I was using the internet and computers back then. So yeah. I know. Well, no, the, I'm telling listener because, you know, we might have young folk. You don't know who's listening. Oh, my God. If you're so young that you don't They know. might not even know what a floppy disk is. <laughs> and it would take multiple floppy disks. You'd have to load them all in. Yeah, and uh, you had to load them in a specific order. And they yeah. had little labels that look like Avery fucking printer labels. <laughs> but this was stuff that was coming, like, from stores. Oh, my God. Uh, let's see. Simpler times, man. Simpler yeah. times. Yeah. All right. PC Zones. David McCandless wrote that the game was played by an estimated 6 million people across the globe, while other sources estimate that 10 to 20 million people played Doom within 24 months of its launch. Doom was also notorious for its high levels of graphic violence and satanic imagery, which generated controversy from a broad range of groups. Doom for the Genesis 32X, that was an actual system that a lot of people probably don't remember, but there was a Genesis, there was a Sega CD, and then eventually they released something called the 32X, which was, went into the Genesis to get closer to, like, PlayStation-level graphics. It didn't work so great. Um, the 32X was among one of the first video games to be given an M for mature rating from the Entertainment Software Rating Board due to its violent gore and nature. Yahoo Games listed as one of the top 10 most controversial games of all time. It was criticized by religious organizations for its diabolic undertones and was dubbed a mass murder simulator, and which never made sense to me because you are killing demons. A mass murder simulator. Yeah, you are killing demons in this game. You are literally killing things from hell. You're trying right. to stop. You'd think they'd be pro that. Yeah, 
but they didn't look at that. They didn't they didn't get that part at all. Like you don't play as a demon. You're not invading Earth. Um, and I'm not I was I'm not going to touch on the the nonsense about the Columbine shooters just because okay. they played Doom were inspired by it. Right. That's stupid. Um, stupid, stupid, stupid. But yeah, so Doom is available. They have re-released Doom on a lot of consoles. And if you have a PS4 or an Xbox One or a PC, you don't even have to have a, a decent PC to play old Doom games. But you, you can get all, almost like you can get Doom 1 and 2 and a lot of the expansions. Uh, Doom 3 is also available. That was a completely different take on it. It was like a survival horror game. Really good, though, too. Uh, Doom 64 just came out, which was the... Nintendo 64 version of Doom, which was actually different from the previous versions of Doom. That's like Doom 64 is its own game. Uh, and I've actually been playing that because it was a pre-order bonus for Doom Eternal. And that's a lot less intense than the new one. So I've been playing that as well. And it's a lot of fun. Back when games did not hold your hand. And now I'm not bemoaning that because I like the amount of information games convey nowadays. Because when I go back and play Doom 64, which I had never played prior to this. You have to figure out how everything works in a level, basically. And it's not written. So you can spend time just wandering because you don't know. And there's no map or, or there is a map, but it, there's no markings on it or whatever. Um, yeah, games have gotten to a place now where they don't even make strategy guides anymore because they've done such a good job of explaining to you what you need to do in the game, which they did in the past. When you think about Super Mario Brothers, that game explained itself without telling you anything yeah. written. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you just you figured it out. And yeah. It, it, so they've always been able to do that. But as games got more complicated and got into 3D and stuff, um, it could be a little harder. And then with the with the bad graphics of the time, uh, the poor, you know, le lesser quality graphics. It could be really hard to figure it out where really you were going. It was really hard to tell what things were, too. Right. What was interactive, things. what wasn't. Yeah. Uh, that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, so Doom Eternal is fantastic. All the Doom games are great. Check out the original if you've never played it. That, that's something to do while you're stuck inside. But that's it. That's all I got this week. Unless you're in the South, then you're not stuck inside. You're just <laughs> if you're in the South, life is, is normal. Go get you some Corona. Then get go home and play Doom. Get you some coronavirus. <laughs> coronavirus? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why Sam looked at me when I said that. Because he was sleeping. But, uh, you just woke him up. You got anything else for this week? No, I got a puppy on my lap, though. <laughs> All right, well, I guess we'll wrap it up. All right. Everybody stay safe out there. Don't hoard stuff. Stop buying up all the shit. Stop buying flour. I need flour. We need and yeast. I we need yeast. <laughs> People are... Stop buying all the yeast, the dry active yeast. Everybody's bought it all. The fact that people are creating a supply issue, like they don't understand that there, there is no supply issue. If they would just buy the same amounts they were buying before coronavirus, we'd be fine. But they have manufactured a supply issue. Everybody's still making the same amount of stuff. We still have the same amount of people. We still have the same amount of need. Well, we're less like. Well, we have less people, actually. Yeah. yeah, technically, we have less people. We have less, like 2,000 less people right now. And right. so, yeah, I don't I don't understand the buying up everything when all those places are still producing. All those people are still delivering. All those stores are still open. Stop hoarding shit, you fucking idiots. But that's, yeah. That's my advice. And Sam's rubbing all over your microphone. Yeah. He's all right. But all right, well, stay safe. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.